Good morning, good morning. You guys are rowdy today. It's good to be back in church this morning, isn't it? God is so good. And welcome to everybody watching online. We're excited to be coming into your homes or into the coffee. Actually, you're not at a coffee shop. You're not supposed to be at a coffee shop. Some of them are still open. Go find a coffee shop that's open and enjoy a cup of coffee. Um, but Pastor Jennifer here to bring the message today, and I'm excited to be doing that. We are in our visitations series, and uh, I'm going to be talking about the second visitation today. If you missed last week, Pastor Troy opened it talking about the star that visited, and um, you can watch that on our YouTube channel at any time. I don't have time to recap because I don't have a lot of time. So I need you all to stay with me this morning, stay connected, and you're going to get some really amazing truths from God's word that we can apply to our life. Amen? Amen. So the first thing I want to say is I want to commend everyone at Generations Church with how you love each other. I have seen so much on social media about families reaching out to families, sending meals. DoorDash was really busy from Generations Church. We were sending meals to each other, taking care of each other, and it was such a beautiful thing to see the community at Generations Church as we pulled together during this season. And so I just want to say that I love you, and I think that you're amazing um, that you have done that for each other. Um, it's not like we called everybody and forced people to do it. It's just the heart of Generation Church. And so I want to say thank you so much to everybody who has done that. It is a beautiful thing to see the body of Christ and the church pull together and be the love of God to each other. Amen? Amen. Okay, so really quick, I just have one joke for you this morning because I don't have a lot of time, but I know Chris Ivory is here, and so I got to give the man a joke. Okay, so what did the gingerbread man put on his bed? A cookie sheet. All right, there you go. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your word. Holy Spirit, we just invite you as the spirit of truth to reveal truth to us. We thank you, God, that you are present in our homes, that you're present in our cars, you're present everywhere that we are, you're there with us. And so we thank you, Holy Spirit, this morning as we turn our attention to your word, that you open our hearts and our minds to receive and that it will become revelation life-giving truth to us, and that we would live our lives by it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, today we're going to look at the second Christmas visitation. Um, and so at the birth of Jesus, um, we saw the star last week, right? The star appears, and they followed the star, and it led them to Jesus. And then at the birth of Jesus, there was all this angelic visitation that happened. And so we're going to be talking about the angels today. Because there was a multitude of angels that appeared. And before that, you see, if you read the whole Christmas story, you see that an angel appears to Mary and tells her, you're going to have Jesus. You're going to have the Savior of the world. And then an angel appears to Zecharias. And he tells him, your wife Elizabeth, who's been barren for all these years, is going to have a son. He's got, she's gonna, he, she's going to have a child. And the angel comes and visits Zechariah and tells him that. And so... There's all this angelic activity happening surrounding the birth of Jesus. And so that's what we're going to be looking at today. And so I have a little help that we're going to have telling this part of the story. Rather than just reading it out of the Bible, we've got an illustration for you from the Charlie Brown Christmas. So take a look at the screen. New 
you've been dumb before, Charlie Brown, but this time you really did it. <laughs> what a treat. I guess you were right, Linus. I shouldn't have picked this little tree. Everything I do turns into a disaster. I guess I really don't know what Christmas is all about. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? Sure, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Lights, please. And there were in the same country shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night, and lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. That's what Christmas is all about. So Linus is actually quoting Luke chapter 2. And so you can read the whole story there. I'm not going to take your time because he already read it for us in Luke chapter 2. But we see a host of angels appear. And they say, glory to God in the highest on a, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Now angels um, are messengers. That's actually what angel means is messenger. And they deliver God's message. And most of the time, their activity goes unseen, right? We don't see angels all the time, but they are always behind the scenes working. And in the NIV translation of the Bible, angels are mentioned in 33 of the 66 books in the Bible. So half of the books in the Bible talk about angels and their activity. And so even though they mostly operate in that unseen spiritual realm, on occasion, they would show up in person. Right? God would send them in person and they would appear in a visible form. And that's what we see in this Christmas story. There's all this angelic activity and they deliver a message to Mary, to Zechariah, and then to the shepherds. They're very ordinary people. Common people going about their everyday lives just doing what they do every day and then God steps in. I think that God loves to put the extra on our ordinary. And God will step in and deliver messages to us that will encourage us, strengthen us, and give us direction for the future. And so that's what we see with this angelic activity. It was an ordinary night for these shepherds. This is what they did all the time. They were out in the fields watching their sheep. Everybody's asleep, just, you know, under the stars, I'm sure the shepherds were sound asleep, and then all of a sudden they wake up and there's an angel standing there. Could you imagine? Like you wake up in the middle of the night and there's an angel standing over your bed? Like, hello, 
And so this is what happens is God breaks into an ordinary night to announce something extraordinary. And so they wake up to this angel's message. Now, as I looked at the angel's messages throughout the Bible, and actually in each one of these instances, these three instances around Jesus' birth, the very first thing that the angel says is, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. All throughout the Bible, that's the very first thing they say is, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Now, I think that that's for two reasons. First of all, if an angel appeared, he would need to say to you, don't be afraid. Because they probably had a lot of them that were like, you know, fainting. They would, people would like pass out. So they're like, oh, oh, don't, don't be afraid. Get up. You're okay. And so if, I imagine that's the first reason. The second reason I believe is that this is the number one message from God. And this is what I believe that God wants us to know today. If an angel were to stand before you today, they would say, do not be afraid. Do not fear because God is with us. God is here with us. And this is the thing that they would say is do not be afraid. Now, it's not very common today for us to see an angel, right? We don't hear it a whole lot. Well, I was just talking to the angel the other day that appeared at my house. Like, we don't hear that. But angels are still in activity today. Angels are very much working behind the scenes on our behalf. There's a couple of scriptures that I want us to know about angels. Psalm 91, verses 11 and 2 says this, For he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. They will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. This is what angels do. They bring protection into our lives. And if we could see all that they did, for us, I think we would be amazed. Some of you have been through some things in your life, and you're like, I don't even know how I came out of that. I don't even know how I survived that car accident. I do, because it, God has given his angels charge over you, and there's protection with angels. Hebrews 1.14 says this, what role then do the angels have? The angels are spirit messengers sent by God to serve those who are going to be saved. And so the, the angels are messengers. It says it right here. Spirit messengers sent by God to those who are saved and who are going to be saved. And so angels will minister on our behalf. Angels are there to undergird us. And when we pray, we can send our angels out to do what it is that we're praying about. If you don't spend any time in prayer asking God for things, your angel is really bored. He's just chilling, waiting for you to send him to do something. And so this is the role that angels play. And this is what we saw with the birth of Jesus is that for 400 years there had been silence from heaven. Nothing had been happening. There had been silence and there was nothing that was being spoken. There was no messages of God that were coming. There was no prophets declaring anything in, the, in um, Israel. And so for 400 years and then all of a sudden, boom. Angels on the scene. And not just one. It says a multitude of angels appear and begin to sing. And this is what they sing. They sing glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Now, it's really interesting because we use this phrase and we say the angel said peace on earth. Um, there really wasn't peace on earth <laughs> at that moment, right? And there has not been peace on earth since. And so 
um, it, we use this phrase a lot at Christmas, right? Like peace on earth or, um, you know, Miss America really just wants world peace. I just really want world peace. <laughs> but we don't see world peace. So what was it that the angels were actually talking about? And why is it only that it's this time of year that we say we need to have peace with people? Like we get to treat them rotten every other month of the year. But this time of year, we've got to be peaceful. You know, it's peace on earth. The angel's message actually isn't talking about peace among men. Because Jesus actually said that he did not come to bring peace. Wait a second. Isn't he the prince of peace? But yet Jesus said he didn't come to bring peace. And this is Matthew 10, 34 through 36. Jesus says this, do not think that I came to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father, a daughter against her, uh, her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. There's the problem. Jesus prophesied it. And a man's enemies will be those of his own household. A man's enemies will be those of his own household. This is what Jesus said. So when the angels came and appeared and said, peace on earth, goodwill towards men, were they actually saying that there is peace on earth now? But what they, they weren't saying that it's available to everybody. Because Jesus specifically said, there's not going to be peace. I didn't come to bring peace. There's going to be division. Why? Because as long as you stand for the truth, there's going to be people who will come against you. As long as you stand for Jesus, who is the truth, he is the light of the world. He came bringing truth and light. And when you stand in that righteousness, then you're going to have people who will come against you. There's going to be division. There simply is. Because those who live in darkness don't want their deeds exposed. And when we stand for the truth, we expose the darkness. John 3.20, Jesus says this, For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. Jesus said it, that if you're practicing evil, you don't want the light on you. And so when you introduce the true gospel message to people, when you shed light in the darkness, there's people who are going to come under conviction and fight against you. There's going to be a separation. And we are seeing even more and more in the time that we live in that there is a separation between light and dark. I don't think that we can live in the gray area. We can't just stand in the, oh, well, I, you know, I kind of side with this and I kind of side with that. We have to stand in the truth and in the light of God's word. And, yes, it's going to bring some backlash. That's going to bring some division. But if we don't do it, who will do it? And if we don't stand for the truth and be the light in the world, then who will? We've got to lead people to Jesus. So what were the angels actually talking about then? What were they actually saying if they're not saying I'm, I'm peace on earth, but I'm not really saying peace on earth? Because there's been a lot of wars since then. There's been a lot of, there has not been peace on earth since these angels appeared. And so this is actually a really interesting thing that I studied out because there was one little letter that was changed by the translators that actually changed the way that this was said. And it actually changed kind of the meaning. And so it says, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, 
glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. In the original language, it actually reads this way. Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. Another translation says, glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace among men with whom he is well pleased. Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased, men of good will and of his favor. Now, this changes the meaning, doesn't it? He wasn't saying that peace is for everybody. He wasn't saying if you live on the earth now, you're going to have peace. That's not what the angels were saying. But this is the way that we've translated it, and this is the way that we have said that it is. But it actually is not peace among men, but peace toward men. That peace was now available through the Savior. That peace, the Prince of Peace had come and was available when we receive him. So how do we get in the favor of God? How do we become ones that are men of goodwill, that are people of goodwill, that, that we rest in the favor of God? It's when we receive Jesus Christ. It's when we accept the Messiah. Everything that the angels were talking about that night was pointing to Jesus, that he was the Savior of the world, and that peace had come, but it was only if you received him that you received peace. Peace is now available to people who find his favor. So through Jesus' birth, which is what we celebrate this time of year, right? We celebrate the birth of Jesus. Christmas is not canceled. I just want to tell you that. I know it might be a struggle right now, and I know that, that maybe it doesn't look the way that it has looked before, and we can lose our joy in the middle of this, but I want to encourage you that Christmas is about Jesus. Christ must. Do not forget that it's about Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world, and he is still our Savior. He is still the light of the world, and we can have joy and peace when we put our faith in him. When we put our trust in him, we can have that peace. See, it's also not about just Jesus coming and being born. He also had to die in order for there to be salvation, in order for there to be forgiveness of sin. And so through his birth and ultimately his death, peace with God is now available and we find that divine favor when we receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior. 2 Corinthians 5.19 says it this way. I mean that God was in Christ, making peace between the world and himself. In Christ, in Christ, in Christ, God did not hold people guilty for their sins. Are you thankful that God does not hold us guilty for our sins? And he gave us this message of peace to tell people. He gave us this message of peace. What is the message of peace? That in Christ, God did not hold people for their sins. That in Christ, we can have peace. That in Christ, we can have all that he came to give us. This is the good news that the angels were proclaiming. This is why the visitation came was to declare that peace had come through Jesus Christ. And that's how we receive it, is through Jesus. There's peace, there's peace from God toward you, and all of it centers on Jesus. All of it centers on Jesus. Now, maybe you feel like, not a whole lot of peace in my life right now, Pastor Jen. 
just feels like turmoil everywhere I go. There's just a struggle and there's just turmoil everywhere that I go. Can I tell you that Jesus is your peace? Jesus is your peace. Isaiah actually says that he is the prince of peace. It's one of the names of Jesus, that he is the prince of peace. And even though we might have conflict and even though we might have challenges, because he said that that we would, right? We read that already. He is actually the answer for the storms in our life. He didn't say we would never have storms. He didn't say we would never have difficult times. He didn't say that, but what he did say is I'm the answer for that. I am the prince of peace, and I am the answer for everything that you're going through in your life. He is our prince of peace. And so I just want to encourage you today, whether you're sitting in the room or you're watching online, Jesus is your peace. And you can walk and live in that peace when you surrender your life to him. And so maybe you have never surrendered your life to Jesus. Maybe you've never made him the Lord and the Savior of your life. The Bible says in Romans that if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, that we will be saved. What does it mean to be saved? It means that our spirit on the inside now comes alive to God, and our eternal destination is one of heaven and not of hell. But much more than that, it also means that we have an opportunity to live in the peace of God, the joy of God, the strength of God every single day of our life, that no matter what the world is is doing, because it's just going crazy right now, we can have peace and strength through Jesus Christ. But that happens when we confess that he is our Lord and Savior. And so I want to invite you. We're going to say a prayer right now. We're going to ask him to become the Lord and Savior of our life. And if you've never prayed this prayer, I want to invite you to pray it. Or maybe today you know you need to recommit. You know that you're not living in the peace of God because you've separated yourself from him. I want to invite you to pray this also and recommit today. What is recommitting? It's just a simple declaration that, God, I'm going to seek you first in my life. I'm going to put you first in my life. Even though I've turned away, I'm going to surrender my life once again and receive all that you have for me. And so let's pray this together. Those of you in the room here, we're going to pray. I just want you to repeat it after me. Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for me. I thank you that you forgive me of all of my sin, that you heal me, and that you bring peace and joy into my life. Jesus, you are the Lord of my life, and I surrender to you. In Jesus' name, amen.